Welcome to Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast. I'm Connie Thiessen. It's been one year since we last caught up with Numeris President and CEO Neil McEnany at the BC Association of Broadcasters Conference. Remember conferences? On this episode of Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast, we welcome him back to get an update on some big moves at the Audience Measurement Agency, including the introduction of a new audio strategy, the motivation behind a recent staff reorganization, and how Numeris is managing some of the challenges brought about by the pandemic. Neil, let's start by talking about how things unfolded at Numeris during the pandemic. Like a lot of businesses that deal with confidential data, you did have some remote work challenges. Do you want to talk about those? Yeah, absolutely, Connie. I was very impressed at how quickly we transitioned transitioned to working remotely. Like we, we did it literally overnight. We planned ahead, like most businesses, as we were listening to public health and what was going on with the pandemic. But when it comes down to it, an overnight transition is what we did, like a lot of businesses. And I was very happy. We did it seamlessly. And throughout that period, our focus is to make sure that uh, our members receive their overnight data on time. Uh, And I'm happy to say that we didn't uh, have one, one delay. We did not miss the delivery of data throughout the pandemic, including up to including today. So I was very, very happy with it and gives us the confidence of how do we continue to work remotely. We did spend uh, a great deal of time this summer redoing and reorganizing our call centers to ensure that we can continue to deliver data, overnight data, uh, in a virtual environment. And we we have since implemented uh, a permanent structure with the call centers to continue to deliver against that. So it was tough for everyone. It was tough for us, but I was very happy it turned out quite well. One of the byproducts of the pandemic was that a remote TV diary wasn't in place. Can you talk about the status of that? And is this a move toward the death knell for the paper diary, Neil? Yeah, no, Connie, it's not at all. Um, We're very confident in our TV diary service. So the decision was, was not taken lightly. It was a very serious decision regarding the fall TV diary. And it was because stepping back and and having a conversation with our committees on our board around what do we think is possible. The the TV diary, uh, because it's paper-based, is still requires physical production. And we were making these decisions back in May and June. And in May and June, we we were stepping back and going, well, is there, you know, they're talking about a second wave uh, is there further lockdowns? Um, there's, there is, you know, employee safety and, and respecting public health uh, guidelines. And we said there is a risk that the diary would be delayed. Uh, how delayed w- can it be or, or will it be if faced with further lockdowns? So we had a conversation and said, in light of all of that, what's, what is the more sensible play in these unprecedented unprecedented times during this pandemic. And so we all agreed, let's not do that. Let's actually push this off to spring. Let's get through a number of months with the pandemic uh, because of the uncertainty associated with lockdowns and physical distancing and what consequences we would face because we do need a physical production to produce a TV diary. So that's why we made that decision. I think it was the right decision. 
but it, it certainly doesn't mean that we're not committed to the diary service. In July, you announced a new audio strategy. I'm interested in what that new approach is and, and what you were hearing from membership leading up to that process. So I'm very excited about the audio strategy. We announced it coming out of the June 4th. It was something we've been working on for probably nine or 10 months before that. The audio strategy actually was a conversation I started a number of years ago when we were looking at a video audience measurement system, which we call BAM. Uh, at the time, we were building or designing and then ultimately building uh, a, a, a measurement system, a digital measurement system or with, uh, with online panels for both video and audio. But at the time, we decided to focus our attention on video. It was a greater need at the time. So it was just a matter of time before we came back and, and then said, let's now look at an audio strategy. A little different than what we did in video is our starting point. The starting point in the audio strategy is to what we're calling making a radio measurement whole. And that is because we recognize increasingly the station's uh, percentage of tuning for streaming through, uh, by way of streaming is increasing. Some stations are at 5%, some stations are at 10 some are 15 some are more. And we're not capturing all that streaming tuning. So our first priority was to integrate the streaming data into our, um, our RAM system or a metered system to capture it all. And that's why we're calling it making radio measurement whole. That's our start because that lifts tuning overall for radio. And that's our first part. The, the, there's two other phases. I won't spend too much time on it. The second one is then taking advantage of the uh, van technology where we get to measure the landscape and audio. So that's when you can, you can now start getting visibility on, uh, on other other services such as Spotify or, or you know, uh, Apple, Apple Music and whatnot, that's a, a second phase. But we're, we're first focused on integrating the streaming data because that's with the way the distribution of, of audio these days, we, we felt and the radio leadership in this country agreed, we need to make radio measurement whole. So that's where we started there. And there's been a very good response to this so far in terms of that strategy. What kind of timeline are you working on? So we are kicked it off right away coming out of the June board. We're just, uh, we started with, frankly, we uh, did an RFP to find a streaming partner because we need to work with the streaming partner to get the streaming data and start to integrate it. Um, so we just finished that RFP. We're in the midst of choosing the streaming partner over the next little bit. And then we're going to go into a uh, design phase. So this fiscal or our fiscal goes obviously from September to August. So this fiscal is where we're focused on that first part. Uh, so we're looking at right now is when we're um, going to start designing it and uh, and putting that into into motion as soon as we can, starting with announcing who the screening partner is, which is going to be uh, forthcoming. I know you hosted a series of cross-media metrics conversations with the industry. Where does that fit into this? It's absolutely critical. You're right. We hosted a conversation between numerous members and non-members. So we we were very fortunate to have the digital players such as Google and Facebook and others join that conversation. How it fits into this is, is when we're going into cross-platform measurements. So I'm speaking more on the video side uh, at the moment. Um, when, and we're in the midst of, uh, we're in the pre-launch of BAM. When the data is, uh, starts to be available to members, looking at cross-platform, you're, you're going to want to understand how to, um, the metrics associated with traditional linear television in this particular case versus video and the digital space, you know, on impressions versus AMA versus, you know, viewability, 
um, the various standards from the MRC or others? How does that all come together with a new set of metrics that when you're looking at VAM data, you are able to uh, understand it and use it for your particular purposes against an understood and accepted set of metrics? That's, that's an industry conversation as to how they want, what metrics they need to buy and sell. So we hosted it, absolutely relevant to what we're doing. There was, um, there was a significant agreement coming out of that conversation. And we have work to do now to go and design the first set of metrics that will support our cross-platform audience strategy. I'll also say that um, finding out recently, it's very timely with this question, is that this is not um, unique to Canada. Um, I, I've, I've been real. I've been hearing, especially this week, a number of countries are doing the same thing. The U.S. clearly were ahead with MRC, and they did their their um, their standards um, in terms of cross-platform standards. But we're right in the mix on that. You announced some changes to your member services and communications teams last week. Do you want to talk about what the motivation was behind that reorganization? Yeah, absolutely. So as I've been chatting, uh, you know, we launched a cross-media uh, strategy, which is basically taking the audio strategy and, 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 and including that in our existing cross-platform strategy, which is which people probably recognize as, you know, VAM and set-top box and that sort of thing. So when we're building and we'll be implementing a cross-media strategy, it's absolutely critical that we support members in terms of the education, the changes that are underway. Uh, how do we ensure that uh, members uh, understand and are ready for this change that's coming, necessary change, where measurement needs to be? So the Member Services Reorganization was recognizing that. How do we increase the support of our members so we combine some disciplines. We, we, we combine some expertise in our shop, and that was combining the existing member services group with some digital expertise. And by doing that, it, it became stronger to support our members. So the reorganization was really uh, necessary to be able to implement the cross-media strategy and support members accordingly. It's obviously been a big year for New Maris, but also a very challenging time for television and radio. What do you see in the future in terms of New Maris working to address some of those challenges? The time that we're in right now and, and the significant change in audience behavior associated with everyone struggling to get through this pandemic couple of things. One is, and I'm happy about this part, is we made sure that we recognize the importance of the data. And so we didn't miss a beat. We, we made sure the data um, uh, was provided. We also provided a whole series of insights and trend analysis just to help our members in the industry understand what's, what's going on. We also recognize that measurement is such an important topic on, on the global scale. And our push, frankly, to, to move to cross media and focus on the, its components, like we've been focusing on cross-platform, is because the proliferation of devices and the behavioral changes in terms of options of consumption and, and, and how audiences' journey has changed so much, we need to have greater conversations with our members, greater conversations with the industry to give them the data and the measurement they need to be able to compete and understand this changing landscape. So I, I think um, we're on this journey together. It is a big year. We're, we've done a great deal. We have a great deal more to do but it's absolutely in service of our members in the industry. And the more we chat, the more we understand, the more we respond. And, and things 
you know, these days things have to be good enough. They, they can't simply be perfect because no one can wait for perfect. So we have to continuously produce minimum viable products. We need to, you know, re, we got to evolve these products based on how things are changing. So this is a partnership. And I think how we support members in the industry in that kind of partnership is the way we get ourselves to the next stage and get through this, you know, the, the need for greater data during this pandemic. And thank you from this point on. Is there a note you want to close on? No, I just want to thank you for uh, giving me an opportunity to talk about what we're doing. There's a great deal going on. And I want to, again, thank the members in the industry through all the work, the, how they've supported Numeris uh, through the summer, through the metrics committee or through the support of our cross-platform strategy. You know, we're, we're doing what we need to do and we're doing it together. And that's the most important thing. Thank you so much for joining us. You're welcome. Anytime, Connie. Thank you. listening to Broadcast Dialogue. For more information about the podcast or to receive exclusive access to our weekly briefing about the Canadian media industry, visit us at broadcastdialogue.com. Don't forget to like us on Facebook, connect with us on LinkedIn, and follow us on Twitter and SoundCloud. I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. We all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all had. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast, heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from jeffwoodsradio.com.